Okay, let me see. I want to take a look at something now, which is um, something that you, a lot of people will know and have followed on Netflix, The Witcher. Well, this time it's The Witcher Blood Origin. It's a fantasy mini-series created by Waterford man Declan Barra and Lauren Smith-Hisrich. It's adapted from The Witcher book series by Andrzej Sapkowski, and it serves as a prequel to the Netflix series starring Henry Cavill. The four-episode series is going to premiere on Christmas Day. That'll be tomorrow, two weeks, wouldn't it? Yeah, would yeah. And uh, Blood Origin is set in the elven world uh, 1,200 years before The Witcher begins. In fact, I'll tell you what I'll do. Look, give me a bit of a taster here of it. This is it here now with Lenny in here. Look. I've taken control of the entire continent. Faced with chaos, the people will always choose order. No matter the cost. Seven warriors. Outcasts. Strangers to each other. Bound together to fight an unstoppable empire. This is the future under the empire. Crikey. Okay, on Netflix it is. That was a scene from the latest series in the Witcher franchise, Blood Origin, the prequel. Stars Mirren Mack and Nathaniel Curtis. Dylan Morn is in there too. And also Sir Lenny Henry as Balor. Well, I caught up with Lenny recently and I asked him, just how much did he know about the Witcher before he actually took on the role? Not very much, actually. I knew there was a Witcher universe. And it's strange for me because I'm a very big fan of sword and sorcery and fantasy and magic and stuff. So it should have been on my radar, but wasn't. Um, and then I got a um, script from Declan Barra and I read it and I fell in love with it. And it was such good, powerful, robust writing. Uh, and then um, my brother said, oh, you've got to read the... How weird is this? You've got to read the Witcher graphic novel. So, and it's this thick and it's got loads of stories and Yaskias in it. And, and when I read that, I thought, well, this is right up my street. Nobody in my family or my, my friends is is surprised by my choice in this, but everybody else is because they don't really... They don't know what I've grown up with. This is, I love this stuff. So, of course, I'm going to do it. Right. And did you get to go to film in Iceland? No. Uh, the only one I got to film in was the one down the road from my house. So, right. But uh, but I didn't get to go to Iceland. No, I got to film in Harbourfield near Reading. Oh, great. Fantastic. Very glamorous indeed. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, like when you say like you, that you've loved all this stuff, like Declan's obsessed with fantasy from when he was a kid in Waterford in Ireland. I mean, did you read all these kind of things when you were a kid? Yeah. Lord of the Rings, um, you know, all of the Narnia books, uh, the Water Babies, all of those things that um, kids are supposed to read, but probably don't. I read all of them. And I love Gulliver's Travels, all of those things. Uh, the thing of magic and the power of story, the idea that you can shape something with your mind that captures the imagination of people is glorious. And I think that um, the, the kind of difference between Power of the Rings and this is palpable, you know. Um, and I, I think that the fact that those two things can exist within the same matrix is beautiful. Uh, and uh, what's great is it's become a more inclusive universe in the last five or six years. Yeah. We're yeah. seeing more people from working class. It's not just people speaking with a Shakespearean timbre and you know, iambic pentameter anymore. It's it's people from all over the world. You know, you're getting people from Eastern Europe and you're getting black people and brown people and you're getting Irish people and Celtic people and Scottish people. It's a real mixture of characters and voices. And I think sometimes that confuses hard fan base. We're used to this Shakespearean thing, but I think it's great for the world. 
because okay, people well, put themselves in these things. Okay, one of the things that's great for the UK is this guy. His name is Lenny Henry. I mean, are you a Renaissance man? For crying out loud. Like, look at everything you have done. I mean, if you even take the music side of things, not just your own music, but like being on the Red Shoes album with Kate Bush, performing on stage with David Gilmore. That's just a few things. You're the voice of the speaking clock, for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> Danny in the Human Zoo, you make this yourself. It's a 90-minute thing for BBC. You know, you're, it's a kind of a fictionalized account of your life, whatever. You're a technology billionaire in Doctor Who. You're the Lord of the Rings. You're in the, in the rings of power I mean then you go off and you do Othello ha ha he's going to trip up here he's going to make a fool of himself and the reviews are OTT how do you do all this? I don't know I think um, my mum used to go on about being you, you, you know you, you're blessed you know Lenny you are blessed um, but I took her as an example because she worked very very hard my mum did for typical Jamaicans my mum had four jobs and um, she worked very hard to put food on the table and clothes on her back and growing up watching her I realised that the only way to get any good at anything was to do what my mum did, which was to put you back into it. So whatever it is, I just try and learn it and ask questions and and um, respect my elders and then stand on their shoulders. You know, we stand on the shoulders of giants to get where we are. And I, I treat that very seriously and I work very hard. And speaking of Othello, by the way, do you see parallels between him and you? Well, Othello lived in a world where he was the only black guy and yeah. like Balor, actually, in um, Blood Origin, you know, you live in a world where you've made it and people respect you, and yet they still talk about you behind your back in pejorative ways about the colour of your skin, about where you're from. A fellow had that. Balor has that, because he's not so much because he's black, more because he's working class and he's an orphan, and yet yeah. he's managed to reach a certain place in society. Um, I think I've been blessed, like I said, in the NTA Awards, you know, to be... Asked to play is a really good thing. And then what you do when you get the ball is an entirely another. So, you know, I'm thankful for the for this community allowing me to play on this pitch and to show what I can do. And, you know, you just work hard and you reach where you reach, you know. Sure, but I mean, you haven't just worked hard. You've just done so many things and always been praised for them. So I have to say, since you've done the analogy, I'll go with it. The ball and the pitch. Um, you like? Did I miss you being centre forward for West Brom for a few years or something? In, in your... <laughs> no, I wish. Flipping heck. I was there when Cyril Regis and Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson were there, the three degrees. And it was extraordinary to see these three black guys trying to bring a bit of Brazilian flair to the West Midlands. It was an extraordinary thing. You know, literally to watch this kind of roar from the audience as they started to play together and make these connections with each other. And I think there's a very strong anatomy, sorry, analogy within the way fantasy has become more diverse. You know, the minute you add flavour uh, and sort of cultural ethnicity and difference to these things, suddenly they become slightly more interesting. I'm more interested in fantasy and science fiction and historical fiction if it's more diverse and inclusive, I literally, I want to watch, you know, I want to watch House of the Dragons because there's there's black guys with dreadlocks with swords. Of course I want to watch that. If you can see it, you can be it. And I think in the future, I want to make stuff like that where people go, yeah, I'm in that. You know, little kids can watch it and go, I want to be that because I've seen myself in that riding a dragon. I want to do that. That's what yeah. fantasy's for. Okay, that's the fantasy side of it. But just while we're on fantasy, and just to say with West Brom for a second, they could do with that three-piece lineup that you mentioned earlier on. They're one step off from the drop out of the championship. Boing, okay. boing. 
I, I uh, the thing about the baggies there. is that we always come back. So watch this space. Yeah. Okay, indeed. So um, just a few other bits. Of, oh, yeah, there's one thing I haven't mentioned. I have to say this because of all the things. Like back in the noughties, you got a BA honours in English literature at the Open University. You got an MA in screenwriting, a PhD in media arts. How do you find the time? Um, well, as I say, my mum... My mum always said, get yourself a education so you got something to fall back on. So, um, and she was Irish. And um, so I always knew that I would come back to education. I just didn't know when. And then when I was doing this thing called Hope and Glory, I was playing an a inspirational head teacher written by Lucy Gannon. It inspired me to explore education. And I knew I wasn't going to have time to do it full term. So I wrote up to the Open University and that introduced me to this idea of part-time learning. And you can do a little bit at a time. You don't have to do everything all at the same time. So I tried to fit it in and it worked. The MA was different, but um, Royal Holloway did a part-time course and the PhD was kind of, it was full, it was full, full on, but I pretended that it was, that it was part-time. So it took me seven and a half years and it was really worth doing. I learned an awful lot. And uh, I'm very grateful to have done it and worked with really good tutors. And um, listen, if you want to make something work, you're going to make it work, whatever happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you can always keep going on, no doubt about it. In a few years' time, I'll talk to you and you'll be a prodigy. And um, what was I going to say? Um, just on t- in terms of the fantasy and the movie itself, I mean, do you have to know what every other character is doing? Do you like to see their scripts and see what it is? Or do you just get told what you have to do here in The Witcher? You sort of get your bits. But yeah. It seems to be a thing now in terms of doing these big dramas. Um, if you're in a little world, like I'm, I'm, I know on Game of Thrones, you only got your scripts and same on The Power of the Rings. And on this, similar thing happened. Although I read all the scripts before I started, so I knew what was kind of going on. And then week by week, you got your bits and you just focused on that. Because you can't be thinking about everybody else's story. You, you can only think about your own, really. And that was probably okay, good for us. Finally, I presume you're very proud of the fact that you created the Black British Culture Matters for The Guardian. Did that go well? It was, it was very nice to contribute to that. But, you know, I just want to, if you can add value to the world in which you're working, that's good. You don't want to be that guy who doesn't do anything or doesn't add value. So I think that whatever I can do to help others, you know, this is about facilitating the world for other people to come after you. So if I can do that, then that will have been a good, a good legacy to leave behind. Right, well, I think you've done that all right. Lenny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much and congratulations. Really nice to talk to you. There he goes. That's uh, Sir Lenny Henry indeed. Balor is what he's called in The Witcher, Blood Origin, the fantasy miniseries, and it starts uh, Christmas Day direction. Now, it's Waterford man Declan DeBarra. He's the showrunner of this series on The Witcher and Lauren Smith Hisrich is also one of the executive producers. And when I talked to them recently, I started by asking Declan just how good it felt to be credited with the showrunner of such a huge series and with the biggest role on the production putting him above all the producers and all their directors as well. It's good. It was described, someone described the best as having five jobs while someone tries to murder you. So it's like that, you know. Yeah, but I mean, Lauren, you were the very same thing in The Witcher. I mean, yes. when that happens, like The Witcher starts and it happens and like you never know how it's going to go and we'll get a second series or whatever. You must have felt pretty good considering you were in charge of the whole thing to look and see where it is now. I mean, it feels great. I would say, like, for both Declan and I, you start as a writer. That's all you want to do. You want to write a script. You want to write stories that people are going to want to watch. And then what happens when you become a showrunner is you realize that writing is just one of your jobs and you really become a manager of people and you are sort of running a a team of experts and you let them go and do their jobs and be the experts. But you become a cheerleader, you become a parent, you become, you you still obviously have to be a writer and a producer and kind of a director. Um, Yeah, it's, it's everything. But it's also, it's the most amazing job. 
Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. She said it's the most amazing job looking at you saying, he stole my job for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Never. God, no, no. This yeah. is Declan's. Uh, yeah, it's also it, another way of looking at it is like um, you've been driving uh, a sort of Toyota uh, Corolla from 1982 and someone gives you a Ferrari and the keys and they say, right, drive that around the track at 200 miles an hour and do a Rubik's Cube at the same time. Hmm. So it's like yes, that's accurate too. Better, did you write stuff like is, it, is this like we always hear these stories? I never believe them. But seriously, did you write stuff on a napkin saying what you would actually like to do in terms of pre-witcher, and it all came true. Hundred percent. It's like that David Lynch thing where he's in, in Bob's Big Boys and he's writing these things on napkins, which I always thought was a laugh because that never happens. But no, I was literally there after I said to Lauren, "Yeah, I'd love to love to do that. Love to pitch for it." And I'm sitting there in a cafe thinking about it, and then it just literally vomits out the names: Ayla, Fial, the clans, Balor, everything like that. And I, just, I texted it straight away to Lauren from the table. And it, it pretty much came out exactly like that, which never happens. So I think yeah. it was, you know, all the years of wasting my youth reading fantasy books and, you know, spending too much time watching TV all coalesced into that moment. And then a couple of seasons working on The Witcher as well. Okay, but coalesce into that moment. What about the moment when you actually get to Iceland and you realise, what this isn't even sets. This is the real deal. It must have been just amazing for both of you. Or did you go learn? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I was there. Absolutely amazing. And uh, uh, there's so many moments of synchronicity. We were there as well uh, looking, we were building a, vill- a, a village in England and it was becoming problematic and while we were over scouting someone goes oh by the way over there there is a viking village that they have built for filming but never use and i go sorry what and then we get to use this it's just amazing everything worked out and icelandic people were just amazing the crews were amazing it was brilliant okay well lauren like you know this man beside you has talked many times about his love of fantasy etc have you had the same thing i get the impression if you're if you were the showrunner for the witcher that you must have amazing lifelong love of fantasy do you It's interesting. I loved fantasy, but I never thought of myself as a fantasy writer. I had written sort of comic book genre, probably was the closest that I had come into genre. Um, And then I read The Witcher. And to me, it's like all good fantasy is based, it has a foundation in reality, right? You, You want to have really grounded characters, really sort of grounded stories. And then you want to put it in this fantastical world. That's what makes it exciting. So people still have to relate. And for me, I picked out this core family, you know, Geralt, Yennefer, and Ciri. And I was like, well, I know I can write that. I know that I can write, you know, about a, a family that is torn apart, that has to come back together and find each other. And then I hired a lot of writers like Declan, who had a ton of experience in fantasy writing and who were huge fans of the genre. And that's what you do as a showrunner, by the way. You surround yourself with people who have skills that you don't. And you you, you bring those skills out and you make sure that they shine. And that's, it's it's probably one of the best parts about being a showrunner is allowing your writers to, you know, bring their best talents to the forefront. Okay, well, listen, guys, it's short interview time today, but I want you, Declan, to tell me that definitely sometime in the future, Kilmac Thomas, Bon Mahan, um, Battlestar Galactica, um, Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, Hermon- Hermonymous Bosch, I want Bosch. a whole conversation with you sometime on the radio. Will you do it? A hundred percent. And if you listen very closely, you'll hear Meldoff speak about Bon Mahan and Kilmac in the show. So we got really? to talk yeah, and one of the characters is named Balor, like after Balor, one eye from the Cucullin and everything. So there's lots All right. of things. All right. I, 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 we'll, we'll hold you to that, Declan. Listen, thank you very much, guys, and congratulations. Right. Well done. Thanks. 
Indeed, thanks. It is, and it is on Christmas Day that the whole thing is. The Witcher Blood Origin, the fantasy miniseries created by Declan DeBarra there, and uh, also Sir Lenny Henry you heard, and you also heard uh, the uh, Lawrence Smith Hisrich is her name, and she is one of the executive producers as well, and that's when it starts then, Christmas Day. So, um... All right, let me see. What am I going to do next? 51552 is the text. It is nine minutes to three o'clock. In fact, it's eight and a bit minutes to three o'clock. And I'll play 